Thanks for pressing play on the Third Shift Entrepreneur Podcast, where we teach you how to build your dream job while keeping your day job. I'm the show's executive producer and co-host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Third Shift Entrepreneur with a knack for boxing, social impact, and podcasting. In this episode, Todd and I discuss minimum viable experience, the basic level of experience successfully launching a product or service, even if it's small. Minimum viable experience is the basis for starting any venture. No more excuses. It's time to get to work. Let's go. Hey, everybody. This is Todd Connor. Welcome to the Third Shift Entrepreneur Podcast, where we talk about how you can start your business, pursue your dream, do the thing that is your destiny while keeping your job, that it doesn't have to involve the risk that you think it does. And I'm here with my buddy, my colleague, my, uh, what, do I, what do I call you, Mike Stedman? My personal uh, boxing hero, Mike Stedman. Yeah, what's going on, Todd? I was going to say your younger, handsomer uh, co-host. <laughs> my younger, handsomer co-host, better shape. Yes. What's up, buddy? How are you, man? I'm excited to talk today. I'm doing good, man. We're both looking scruffy. We got the we got the COVID look going on, but we're getting after it. We're 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 third shifting right here. This is it. But this is also podcasting, right? It's like we've been playing with mediums. You know, we've been doing some video stuff. We've been doing some podcasting stuff. But podcasting is nice because you don't have to see our ugly faces. But uh, and you can just kind of dive in. You know, my hope is that people, if you're listening right now, maybe you're I don't know, maybe you're working out, maybe you're on a walk, maybe it's your first thing in the morning, maybe it's your last thing at night. But I know that being in the company of of people that are like-minded, like-hearted is so, uh, it's nourishing for me. And my hope is that these conversations that you and I have, Mike, can be nourishing for people that want to get out there and start their own business and are, are wondering just like, how, how, how? I've got the ambition. I've got the talent. I got the drive. I've got a vision. Um, but how do I get started? And that's, that's the million dollar question for all of us. And that's what we're, you know, that's what we're all about talking about. I think today's topic of minimum viable experience is going to help out a lot of people. Because this is the thing where we where, that really helps you start to get traction and get an understanding of your own capabilities and limitations. Man, this one's huge. I, I mean, so there's a term, you know, a popular term uh, from the lean startup, which is minimum viable product, and the thinking is like spot on. Which is, how do you build not towards perfection, but the minimum viable version of the thing? So that you can just get it out there and that people can then give reaction, you know, which is like interface with customers so that you can actually just kind of build it further in ways that the customers sort of articulate. Right. So we don't want to build what we think is a perfect version of something. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who, you know, he built this really amazing uh, class online, online class. And it's, it's beautiful. It's perfect videos. It's great content. It's, masterfully narrated, right? And and in his mind, the business model is uh, that he wants to sell this course to people that are interested in certain niche topics of history, right? So he's like, look, I'm, I'm a nerd for history. I think other people are nerds for history. I'm going to build like a really great course and then see what people think. Um, but that's a ton of time. It's well-produced, put some money into it. You know, it's, it's beautiful. I went through it. I loved it. But, but it turns out, you know, you build this perfect thing in the background in your basement, as I say, it's a metaphor. We don't all have basements, but you build something in your basement, you make it perfect. And then you come upstairs and you're like, here it is. Like, I've got it. Here's the thing. 
And so often, two things are true. Number one, this is how entrepreneurs think you build something. And then number two, you get like, it's not even that people reject it. It's that you get no reaction. And so, you know, we spend money, we spend time, we, we pursue perfection. And it turns out that like people aren't even paying attention or they say things like, I really like it, but if you'd just done it this way, I would have liked it more. And so we have to have a philosophy of like open sourcing in some ways our, you know, how we get after building this thing, right? So rather than go build, let's go back to the course, rather than go back and, you know, build a perfect course, like do something that's low fidelity. Like we're going to just go on, you know, I'm going to go on Facebook and go live once a week and just give a 10 minute short format history lesson. And let me just see if people like it. Are they sharing it? What do they tell me? Hey, we really like the the one in which you talked about Genghis Khan more than the one in which you talked about, you know, something in the United States. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Or we really like the ones where you talk about battles more than you talk about sort of historic documents. Okay. That's interesting. So we do not have to go and build the perfect thing and then have some big grand reveal. Like it's not a ribbon cutting. It's not a reveal when we launch a business. It's actually just creating a small version, minimum viable version of the thing and then put it out there. And so we know the term minimum viable product, but we want to introduce this idea of like a minimum viable experience, right? Which is also a valid version if you're launching a professional services business or something else. Just how do we create that minimum viable experience, get it out there and see what people think, right? Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you an example, right? So one of the things we talk about is like, what's the smallest version of the thing that you hope to start? So I just launched this incubator in Newark called Thrive. And one of our participants, she makes stickers. That's what she wants to do. She wants to make stickers as a way to empower women. And one of the ways she's doing this business is working with organizations to create stickers for them. And I asked her on our call, I said, have you actually gone through the process soup to nuts of putting in a design and having a sticker delivered to your house? And the answer was no. So I was like, before you can offer this service to someone else, we need to make sure that we've gone through the process ourselves. That way you're a lot more confident in it and in your, in your ability to deliver value in a specific time, that it's the quality is good and that all these other things are in place. Yeah, I love that. I mean, because it's also, it's so, and it's funny that it seems in some ways so obvious to say this, but people miss it all the time, you know? And what's so important about creating the minimum viable product or the minimum viable experience is um, a few things. Number one, to your point, like we, we learn, where do I source stickers? Uh, you know, like how do I do designs? What software am I using to upload the designs and then print the thing? What do I need to print the thing? Um, are my designs even good? Do I even like doing this? You know, like that's actually an important question that you're answering when you start. It's like, am I good at this? Do I like doing this? Is this interesting? Um, and then when we sort of do it in small ways, we get to sort of lean in and we've talked about this, but lean into this kind of like push versus pull. Like our job is to sort of like bring it forward. Like, Hey, I'm, like I'm doing stickers and then listen to the market. That's like pulls us. It's like, Hey, I love these stickers, but I would love them if they were three times as big, even more. Can you do them in such a way that they can be on like laptops instead of, you know, just on something else? I don't know, but we get to sort of listen to these demand signals and be like, ah, Okay, like let me just pivot this thing a little bit, make the stickers a little bit different. Um, find out that hey, they're really expensive to make. Maybe there's a different way I can make them myself. 
And, you know, and then this is all this like rich learning that helps us inform what we're going to do next. And um, I tell a lot of stories in the book about this idea of minimum viable experience. One of the um, entrepreneurs that I feature, and this is based on um, an entrepreneur out of Seattle that, you know, I, I, I had a conversation with probably three years ago, but it really stuck with me. And he's uh, in the book, it's uh, Alberto, and he's all into um, kind of these escape room type experiences um, where, you know, and these things have popped up and they're very cool, but it's kind of like experiential, you know, you go to a space, haunted house is an experiential uh, experience. That's, I guess, redundant, but, you know, this idea of like creating a space, like a haunted house or an escape room. And, you know, you can go and sign a lease and build something. You can come up with a whole logo and marketing strategy. You can, you can do a lot. You can burn a ton of money building like a, a really cool escape room, or you can like in his case, take your garage, which is on an alley and open up your garage and make your retrofit your garage. Even if it looks janky, retrofit your garage to be like an escape room and be like, you know, put flyers in the block. Like, Hey everyone, like Saturday night, 10 PM, only 20 people are invited. It's 50 bucks. I'm doing an escape room. And like, that's free, you know? Uh, and maybe it's hokey, but that doesn't matter because the experience is something that you're giving people and people might even appreciate that it's hokey. You can say it's going to be hokey. Like you can let people know that you're piloting this and experimenting with it and see what they think. And honestly, people love, love being part of the creative process with you. Um, and when you do that, like, let's just continue that example for Alberto, right? So if he does that and gets a reaction and people start talking, you know, and then like he does it again and becomes like a standing thing every Saturday night, like you can develop this kind of cult following around this really strange thing that you're doing and then just level it up every time you do it, right? Add new features, like make it a little bit more professionalized. Um, let the demand kind of grow, right? And then let that pull you into bigger like infrastructure investments. And people like can see this example and be like, yeah, that actually makes sense. But it's the reputational willingness to say like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to actually open up my garage. I'm going to actually put flyers in the block. I'm going to actually see if people show up and that can feel like intimidating, but like, look, if you do it, you know, it's, it's, it can have, you know, powerful results. And you and I have both seen that Mike. And one of the things we got, which I like about what you mentioned, Todd was before you go public, before you say, Hey, everybody look at me, look what I'm doing. Right. You can fail behind the scenes and make adjustments mm -hmm. too. Cause that's part of the process too. You know, like, Oh man, I got this great business idea. And if you punt it, right? Really just punt it. At the end of the day, you're not super public with it, right? You're still behind the scenes, you're testing and you're adapting. And so I think our listeners need to understand that about like, man, sometimes you want to make those, you want to punt it early when it's like for free yeah. <laughs> or people are paying like a very, very small fee versus like, okay, you've got to deliver this product or service for $50,000 and you punt, you punt it. And now people feel cheated and they feel robbed. And now your reputation and your credibility is in shambles. I know. And it's so unnecessary. Like, it's funny though, because most, a lot of people are, our instinct is let me go to Facebook and make some big declaration. Like, Hey everyone, I've launched a business. Here's my logo. I'm going to be doing the following. I'm going to be, you know, running escape rooms, um, that play on, you know, galactic space themes, uh, which is the case of Alberto. Um, you know, get ready, right? It's sort of like a shot across the bow. 
it's like, that's a big dramatic announcement that has everything to do with you and nothing to do with the customer that you're trying to reach. So the alternative is, you know, Hey everyone, uh, Saturday night, uh, at 10 PM at my garage, I'm going to run a 30 minute escape room experience. It's going to be crazy. I've never done it before. There's only 20 spots. Hit me up if you want to be one of them, you know, like, and that is like, I'm actually just offering the thing. I don't need to announce that I'm going to do something. I'm just offering the thing that I'm making available to you. And then to your point, like maybe no one signs up. Cool. You wasted nothing. You know, um, you didn't say like, I'm out here launching a business. All you said was like, I'm offering this minimum viable experience, you know, um, or you get a reaction. And then the best thing you can do is like, you get 20 people to sign up. The thing happens. And Monday you get back on Facebook, not that this has to happen via Facebook, but you know, you take some photos, you're like, Hey everyone, look at what we did last Saturday. You know, the best announcement of launching of a business is just to sort of retrospectively say, Hey, here's all the things that we've been doing the last month. You know, like if you want to open a restaurant, right? Like, okay, start by preparing, you know, great. You want to open up a Greek restaurant, start by like preparing a bunch of great private Greek meals for people that, you know, and then after a month be like, Hey everyone, check out all the amazing Greek meals I prepared for 10 different private dinner parties over the course of the last three months by the way, I'm going to be opening up my restaurant, you know, like do the thing, just do the thing that you're offering. You know, it's like, get away from the business model. Just get back to that kind of core essence of like, what is it that you're here to do? You know, you're trying to help kids box, help one kid box and then have a video like, Hey, look at this kid box. By the way, I'm the one that taught him how to box. So if you want to learn how to box, like call me, <laughs> you know, and just and, let it build from there. Like I'll tell you, Todd, I haven't been on social media and it's like two months. All I do is post on my LinkedIn like once a week. I might go back on my social channels, whether they're Facebook and Instagram and just be like, hey, everybody, I've been in the lab working on a few projects. Check out the Third Shift Entrepreneur podcast. Check out uh, the tran- uh, the Transition podcast, both which were f- recorded behind the scenes and edited and all that stuff. And the whole seasons are ready to go. Mm-hmm. But nobody knows. So I'm not coming out like, oh, hey, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. It's boom. Hey, here's the pr- here is these amazing audio pieces that we put together to help support you all on your journey. Now all you got to do is go subscribe and listen on iTunes and Spotify. Yeah. Like, but done behind the scenes. You've done the work. You've tested, and now you're putting it out there. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing if you're like, you know, committed to a new diet program, or you're gonna, you know, you want to do Peloton and you're gonna work out every day for the next thirty days, right? Like, are you going to, you can either announce that at the point of like, Hey everyone, I just bought Peloton. I'm going to lose all this weight and be in great shape. Okay. That that's like high threshold. <laughs> Cause you've gone out and been like, and I understand some people like doing this cause they, it creates accountability for themselves. So it's like, I want actually, maybe you want all the peer pressure of like you said, and, and that's, you know, okay, that's, that's cool. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna say that that's wrong, but, but, but think about the alternative is you get the bike, you do it for 30 days, you get some photos before and after, and then you're like, Hey everyone, by the way, like I just got done losing 20 pounds. If you want to talk about how I did it, like let's chat, you know, like what an incredible place of credibility that you have. And really what you want to do is create on, on the smallest form that you can credibility of having done the thing that you're proposing to do through your business. So if you are wanting to, um, 
you know, open up, you know, start a, a, a marketing company. You know, hey, everyone, I just got done rebranding this company. Here's their old stuff. Here's their new stuff. What do you think? You know, if you want to start a technology company uh, helping small businesses imp- implement better software systems, hey, everyone, this small company, they used to use the following three, four or five, you know, spreadsheets, but now they do it this way. And I just, I, I did a quick interview with the person that runs the business who talks about how much better the business is now that I've helped them with their technology. You know, it's like, boom, that's free. That's small. You're creating evidence in the real world that whatever it is, is like working. And it's not, we don't want to hear actually from the founder of like big promises of like, here's what I'm going to go do. What we want to hear from is customers of, Hey, she did this for me and it was awesome. You know, like back to the, the, the garage, you know, pop-up escape room example. We, we actually don't even want to hear from you Monday morning. Hey, I did this escape room and it was awesome. What we'd rather have is the 10, the 20 people that went through that thing, each one of them like squeals of delight, you know, Hey, like, Oh my gosh, coming out of the garage. Like, Oh my God, I just did. It was crazy. Like get that video and then post that video Monday and be like, Hey everyone, you can do it again Saturday at 10 PM. So, and by the way, if you do this escape room and you don't have people coming out of it, squealing with delight, then don't brag about it yet. Like you've got work to do. You haven't, you haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> you know, if you, if the kid hasn't learned a box yet, don't brag about it yet. You know, if the, if the technology solution doesn't work, don't, don't brag about it yet. You know, like wait until no kidding people besides you are like, Hey, this thing is awesome. You got to see it. And, and then like, that's the evidence you lead with. That's the minimum viable experience. That's the minimum viable product. Right. But it's other people that get to decide, Hey, this thing's good. We don't get to decide that. That's other, other people get to decide that for us. Launch. Basically what Todd is saying is launch a ghost company, right? Don't, don't brand the hell out of it. Don't really tell a lot of people about it. Just launch this ghost company, get some clients, you know, take some photos, build out all the stuff before telling anybody really. And then after you get it really dialed in, you know, then you kind of come out a lot more public and say, Hey, this is us. This is what we do. We're really good at it. Ask these people, you know, and already have some paid clients before you kind of come out super public with it too. You know, just leverage your network, build relationships. Yeah. And, you know, another thing too, Todd, that people make the mistake of is they're not obsessed with the problem. You know, they're more focused on that, their solution. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about the problem itself. It's like, I got the perfect answer to this. Mm -hmm. I mean, and this is the thing. It's like, we got to fall in love with the problem. I mean, that's, and falling in love with the problem is so much better than falling in love with the solution because we don't feel silly if we don't get it right. It's just like, okay, cool. Let's get back to it. Cause it's not about us. It's about the problem that we're trying to solve. Um, I signed up for a, uh, a newsletter, a friend of mine, she launched a kind of a, a, a business and she was like, you know, every week we're going to send three emails that are going to do this, this, this. It's like, she kind of broadcast her strategic plan for the business. And I was watching over a few weeks and none of the things that she promised came true, you know, and I'm not like offended by that, but it's like, I'm just observing it. And like, why don't, don't go and promise sort of a whole set of activities um, that are in theory about what you're going to do, just come, come with evidence of how you've dealt with the problem, you know, um, come with evidence. And I think social media is, I mean, dude, we could talk all day about social media because it's kind of a wasteland where people confuse opinions of what I believe or what I'm going to do with evidence of what I have done. 
And, um, you know, as entrepreneurs, we can't be confused. We got to like come right with evidence, you know, Hey, this, this thing happened and it was good. And don't, and please don't take my word for it. Take this other person's word for it. So yeah, paying clients is the best proof, you know, Hey, here's three people that have been paying me to do the following. And, and I'm going to ask him if it like, and here's the thing, it's not just like marketing. It's not like, Hey man, do me a favor and give me a positive testimonial that, that serves you not at all. If it's not true, you know, it's like, Hey, no kidding. Are you really satisfied with what I did for you? And they're like, yeah, it's awesome. Great. Would you be willing to sort of say that publicly that you actually really thought it was awesome? Because if it's not really awesome, I don't need you out there saying like as a favor to me, like, hey, great job, because I'm still going to have to show up at the next client and and it's got to be awesome then. So like, I don't want to create some illusion of like fabricated kind of awesomeness that's not actually real, right? That doesn't that doesn't do anything for us as entrepreneurs. So because it's not true, right? So the the focus for us is just got to be these small experiences. They're actually awesome. We're creating evidence in the real world for free that other people love it. They love our food. They love our boxing teaching. They love our escape rooms. They love our technology help. They love our marketing help. Um, and then we just go and then just go, go from there, you know, start small, let them, let people pull you to what they need. As we close out this episode, Todd, what do you what do you want listeners to walk away with regarding their understanding of minimum viable experience? Yeah, I want everyone to, you know, like take out a journal and here's the prompt I would give you. What's the business you're trying to start is like the, the question I would ask you. Um, and I think a lot of people have an idea of like, you know, the, the business I want to start is I want to open up a CrossFit gym. Uh, I want to start a technology company. I want to become a leadership coach. I want to, you know, open a restaurant. What is the, and then the question is this, what is the problem that you're trying to solve by that? And how can you, how can you find a way to prove that you can solve that without having to spend any money? Right. So, you know, if your technology solution is, I can help you take your meetings from being two hours to being 30 minutes. Prove that you can take a meeting from three out from three hours to, to 30 minutes or two hours to 30 minutes. Prove that you can do that. Take a video of how you did it and then post it. You know, if you want to be a renowned chef, like make a great meal, get people that eat the meal and have them be like, this is the best meal I've ever had. You know, you want to be a, a personal trainer. Take someone that, you know, had fitness goals uh, that achieved the fitness goals and then have that person be like, I could not have achieved these fitness goals were it not for, you know, Mike Stedman. So, figure out in your head, what's the minimum viable version of the thing, the, whether it's an experience or a product and, um, and pursue that and do that a few times with fidelity. Um, and then, you know, you're kind of on your way. It sounds kind of mythic, but if you're struggling with, if you have an example where you don't think you can come up with a minimum viable product, minimum viable experience, hit us up and we will talk about it. We'll do it on the LinkedIn live show. We'll do it on a podcast episode, but come to us. If you're like, I, I actually don't think there is a version of this for me. I guarantee you that there is, it might require some brainstorming, but figure that out for you. And that's the thing you got to be pursuing if you're trying to get started. And what chapter of the book was it with the couple that started the, uh, what was it? The, uh, haunted house or whatever yeah, it was they did in the escape spot. room. Damn, yeah. Mike, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot here. I, I don't remember the chapter. <laughs> it's towards the end. It's, you have homework. If you haven't done so already, be sure to read the book, Third Shift Entrepreneur. And also, we need you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. Your reviews are greatly appreciated. 
Also, check out thirdshiftentrepreneur.com where you can purchase the book, sign up for our newsletter, and hear tips and pointers that will help you keep your day job while building your dream job. You can purchase it on Amazon, at Barnes and Nobles, and other major book outlets. Thanks for tuning in and see you on the next episode where we, be, where we will be discussing Solve Then Charge. Peace, everyone. Mm-hmm.